Welcome to the Exploring Unschooling podcast. I'm Pam Larickia, longtime unschooling mom and author. Join me and my wonderful guests for interviews, information, and inspiration about unschooling and living joyfully with your family. You can find the episode show notes, your free introductory ebook, What is Unschooling?, and lots more information at livingjoyfully.ca. And here's the show. Hi, everyone. I'm Pam Larickia, and this is episode number 101 of the podcast. It's the 6th of December, 2017, as I record this intro. My guest this week is Heather Lake. Heather and her family began unschooling in January of this year, and she has been blogging about the experience. I really enjoyed chatting with her about how their journey has been unfolding so far. We talk about what prompted their move to unschooling, how her relationships with her children have changed since they left school, the hardest part of the journey so far, uh, what she's found most surprising, and lots more. As a personal update this week, I want to thank you guys for all your good wishes about reaching 100 episodes last week. It's wonderful to know that you are finding the podcast to be a valuable resource on your unschooling journey. Thank you so much. And the cake was delicious. <laughs> and I just want to remind you that the survey is still open for one more week. If you have five minutes, I would love to pick your brain about how I can best help you on your unschooling journey because I'm always learning too. The link is in the show notes. And a huge thank you to everyone who has chosen to support the show on Patreon. And a big welcome to new patron, Terry DeMarco. Hi, Terry. You guys inspire me to keep exploring the fascinating world of unschooling, and I really appreciate your support in sharing unschooling information with anyone who's curious to learn more about this wonderful lifestyle. If you'd like to support the show, even for as little as a dollar a month, Check out the Exploring Unschooling page at patreon.com. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com forward slash exploring unschooling. And you'll be able to join the rest of the podcast supporters in our private Facebook group. This week's quote is from Heather. It's like you read it in theory, especially when you're starting out. The kids will learn from the world around them. But it surprised me to actually see them learning totally on their own, with no direction or force. No force at all. I mean, I knew it was supposed to happen, but to actually see it happen, it's amazing. I just loved her observation, and it's such a key part of de-schooling. To take what we learn about unschooling through our research, pay attention to our day-to-day lives as they unfold, and then to find the connections. That brings together our understanding and our experience. And that's where trust grows. Not blind trust, where you understand the theory and decide that's all you need to know. But the deep trust that develops through seeing the theory play out in our lives. And as Heather said, that's amazing. And now, on to our conversation. Hi, everyone. I'm Pamela Riccia from livingjoyfully.ca, and today I'm here with Heather Lake. Hi, Heather. Hi, Pam. Hi. How are you? I'm doing great. That's awesome. Just as a bit of an intro, Heather and her family began unschooling in January of this year, 2017, and she has been blogging about the experience at learningatthelakehouse.com. I thought it would be a lot of fun to chat with her about how the journey has been unfolding so far. So to get us started, Heather, can you share with us a bit about you and your family? 
Sure. Um, my husband, Zach, and I uh, live in Omaha, Nebraska. We have four children. We have Gavin, who's 17. Brenna is 13. Hattie, who is six. And Logan, who is three. Um, I'm a registered nurse, but I've been a stay-at-home mom for about five years now. And my husband, Zach, works in sales. And like you said, we just started um, unschooling in January. So we're, we're very new to it, but really enjoying it. That's awesome. So can you share with us a bit about how you discovered unschooling? And I was just wondering if there were any like particular concerns that were behind your family's choice to move to unschooling. Sure. Um, I really have my my 17 year old son to thank for being on this journey. He is really the one that sparked us to go down this path. From a really early age, he was just a really highly intelligent child. He was an early reader, and he was so curious about the world. He loved learning and seeking out knowledge. And when he was probably three or four, he told me that he felt like he was a figurologist because he liked to figure out things in the world. Oh, I love that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And he just was so just bright. And like I said, just curious about the world. And I never suspected that he was not going to be a good fit for school. I I think I thought because he was so bright that he was going to do great in school. Mm-hmm. But he really like from the very beginning, never had an interest in the school model or being in that school box, you know, conforming to the standards. He really just did not see a value in learning in that way. Um, And I just was so confused by that and felt wasn't sure how to help him. I, you know, when I was in school, I'm, I'm an average intelligence person who was like really, really good at school. Mm -hmm. You know, I just could jump through those hoops really well. I just got what they were wanting and I, I was a great test taker. So I just felt like if there was, I could figure out some way to get him into that, that school box, like I had been, uh, in fact, like at, at one point, I think he was like in fourth or fifth grade and I decided I was, I was like, I'm going to let, I'm not going to like micromanage a test or a project or something coming up. I'm like, I'm not going to be involved. I'm going to let him fail at this test because that will motivate him. You know what, if he gets a bad grade that will motivate him to love school and, and, you know, do the work that you're supposed to do in school and, so I felt very brave in doing this and he got a bad grade on whatever the tester project was and and I was all nervous to talk to him about it because I was sure he probably was sad about it and it didn't face him at all. <laughs> he was, you know, he just saw, he didn't see a value in the grading system and so that was one of the first moments that I'm like, I had to start you know, deconstructing my whole belief system around school and really start to change how I looked at learning. So that's really when we kind of started thinking about school in another way. And I think it's it's a little bit difficult to look back and try to think about what I was thinking at the time. I mean, I was working full time at the time, but I just never really considered homeschooling. It just seemed like 
something that wasn't really for us or maybe I didn't know enough about it. Uh, but we really had a lot of struggles. So especially like when we got into middle school, he just was not enjoying school at all. And we tried everything we can think of under the sun to motivate him um, to get really to basically just to get through school. Mm -hmm. So we tried a lot of external motivations like punishments and rewards. And we met with teachers and we were emailing. And I mean, really every evening was spent in pretty much a fight trying to get him to do his homework or to turn in things. And it was... I mean, we spent so much energy working on that. And it was really damaging to our relationship with Gavin. There was just lots of tears and yelling and losing our temper and stress. And it was very damaging to Gavin because his teachers really saw him, I think, as being lazy and kind of treated like an annoyance. Like I I would be in some meetings with his teachers and the vibe that I got from them really hurt my heart Mm -hmm. for him, you know, because if they were talking to me like that, you know, how were they communicating with him? And it was just very painful, uh, especially in middle school. So we really started deconstructing from the school model. You know, I see this kid at home who is so bright and eager to learn. And I just started really realizing that school might not be the best fit for him, for him, but I really didn't know very much about homeschooling at all. Um, when he was 15, he fell in love with the movie making process and writing and it just all clicked for him. And he started diving into this interest he had while he was still in school. So he started at home. He was just constantly writing. He started taking classes. He joined professional groups in our area. He was taking on leadership roles in these groups. And it was like all of a sudden his eyes were just wide open. And he was so engaged with with this passion. And it was just awesome to see. And like, you know, for these teachers who felt like he he was lazy or not able to focus, I saw the opposite at home, you know, where he was so incredibly focused on his interests. Like he went to uh, the Omaha Film Festival has uh, an academy for teenagers. And I would literally drop him off And so it's like a a week long uh, academy. I would drop him off at seven o'clock in the morning and he would attend these classes all day and and was meeting other kids who loved movies and meeting mentors. And then they would attend, you know, some of the screenings for the film festival. So I literally he would be there from seven in the morning to 11 o'clock at night (laughs) the whole day. And just so I mean, every night when I pick up, I'd say, aren't you exhausted from being here all day? But it just excited him. I mean, the whole week, he was just like so lit up with excitement and happiness and joy and so focused, you know, on learning about movie making. So we just really saw this spark in him. And so when he was 16, so it would have been the fall of his sophomore year, I had, he had attended another film festival in a different city and on the way home, he just looked at me and he said, I do not want to do school anymore. 
And I kind of took a deep breath and I'm like, okay, all right. So let's, you know, talk that through. And I asked if he'd be interested in looking into homeschooling and immediately he was like, yes, that would be, that would be awesome. So I told him, I, you know, I, I asked him to kind of sit with that idea for a while and, you know, I need to do some research to figure out what the state laws were and how, how do you homeschool? Cause I like, I like literally knew nothing. And I said, let's sit on this for a little bit, see how we both feel. And I, I really wanted to empower him and the decision making and, you know, let that be a joint decision together. So I said, okay, like, when do you want to get back together to see how we're feeling about this and, and to see how we want to move forward? And he said, well, how about tomorrow? <laughs> and I said, well, Way to go, Gavin. I was thinking about, like maybe a month, but mm-hmm. <laughs> so we just kind of went through this process where he, you know, was kind of sitting with it to see how he felt about it. And I just started doing a ton of research and basically reading everything I could on homeschooling. I kind of went to Facebook and followed every homeschool model there is and just kind of started just, you know, absorbing information, you know, from what other people were saying. And I really, the the self-directed model or unschooling really stood out to me from the beginning. And I started doing a lot of reading about, you know, how kids learn, how their brains work. And I just started feeling like maybe unschooling was the best way for my kids to learn and experience the world. Um, I read some, you know, some of the things I think that really stood out to me and, and really helped um, enter me into the the model were the whole like, and I think especially Gavin helped me with this, the whole concept of grading and, you know, the intention of the grading is to evaluate whether a child understands the material. But it's basically like our system now is that when they demonstrate they don't understand or that, you know, the test isn't evaluating them correctly, then they're really like shamed by having a bad grade. You know, it's not that, oh, this child doesn't understand what we feel like is important for them to know. Let's, you know, how else can we help them? It's just, here's your bad grade. And apparently you, you know, it's everything's put on the child. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like, oh, maybe we didn't teach this in a, in a way that works for them. You know, it's, it's like shaming the child. And, and that really bothered me. But then it was really when I started breaking down and thinking about, okay, why do we learn certain things in school at certain times? And you really realize that it's just all arbitrary, <laughs> you know, that someone just decided that you know, you're supposed to learn algebra at this grade or, you know, long division at this grade. And it's just a random, you know, someone just decided that. And it's not like that's what has to be done. And I think once I I thought that through, it really opened me up to unschooling. And then I realized that, you know, kids are put behind a desk 
so early on in their childhood, you know, from like, and then it's like from the ages of five to 18, they're in school all day. Their evenings are so full with homework and just other responsibilities. And it's like their whole life is there. And I just felt like I, we just couldn't, couldn't do that anymore. And, and it's like, they're in the system, you know, for standards that are just arbitrary. And then they're, they're kind of punished when they don't understand. And so that, that really opened up the door for unschooling for us. And, and I, I wanted to make sure that, you know, my kids would be able if they chose to go on to college or any of their careers, you know, I wanted to make sure it wasn't any sort of stumbling block for them. And I was able to, you know, talk to so many unschoolers and read so many stories about the unschooled kids who were able to go on and do whatever they wanted to do in the world. And once I kind of felt assured with that, I was really ready to jump into it. And actually, you know, that they can do what they want much earlier if they choose, you know, mm-hmm. that they can they can start careers earlier. They can be out in the world, you know, that school is, is holding them back often from, you know, getting into careers that they want to. So we had, um, some friends in, in our hometown, um, in Kansas who were unschoolers. So I had reached out to them. Um, my friend Tracy, her kids were older teens. So it was kind of nice because, she had a lot of experience and I had just always loved their family and her children are just such great people to be around. They're just happy, joyful people. And you could see that they were learning so much and her daughter Evie had babysat for us and I just really respected her. So we had this great example of unschooling and I reached out to my friend Tracy and I messaged her and I said, okay, so I bought in, but like, how does this work? Like, what do I do? And she was just a great mentor to kind of, you know, show me the ropes and give me some resources and just be a really good sounding board for me as I, as I move forward. So we uh, stopped school at the, in December last year at the semester break and we just got started and it's just been wonderful. We've found a really great, uh, and what I would recommend to new people is to find, a, you know, a community around you. Uh, we have a great unschooling group in Omaha. We get together for field trips and we get, we have like the best play dates ever. <laughs> the kids get together and we play and play and play for like three or four hours And all the moms and dads in our group are just so kind and respectful of their kids, which makes it so nice to be around. And everyone's treated respectfully. The you know, the kids and the adults were all like kind of on the same playing field. You know, we're all learning together. And it's just been one of the greatest groups I've ever been a part of. We also have another group of friends where we get together once a week to play in the woods. And so every week we get together and the kids literally pay, play for like four hours in the woods. And it's totally self-directed, uninterrupted play. And they run and climb trees and build dams. And they're just so happy being outside and just playing all day. And it's like, this is this is why we do this. 
so that our children can just be free to play and and run around. And so, yeah, it's been a absolutely wonderful year. We've just really, really enjoyed it. And we're so, so happy that we were open to this way of learning. Wow. I so enjoyed listening to that, Heather. That is really <laughs> cool to hear about that journey. That's awesome. And way to go, Gavin. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I thank him, I yeah. thank him a lot for that because you know I think it it has to take a pretty like evolved person um to you know just because someone tells you you're supposed to learn x y and z you know I was the type of person that was like okay I'll learn x y and z then. Yep. Yep. and he was just like he knew he had confidence in himself to know that he had a different path and I just think that's really cool. And so I just, I thank him a lot for bringing us to this journey. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. And I had the, it was the same on mine that it was my children. And so often we find that um, because we are, we grew up in the system and we're used to it and there isn't anything that's um, inspiring us to challenge those thoughts until, Mm -hmm. you know, we have a child who isn't um who who the system's not working for or we can see them changing from the person that we knew that they were so but you know also for us being open to that I think that's awesome Mm -hmm. to be like okay let me consider that for a moment Gavin (laughs) that's great too (laughs) so Mm -hmm. I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about um since you guys began unschooling uh, how your relationships with your children have changed. Have you noticed much in that area? Oh, I I mean, it's totally changed things. We, it's really helped heal our relationship with Gavin. And, you know, since we're no longer trying to force him into a system that, you know, isn't helpful to him, you know, we just eliminated so much stress in our family we can just focus on positive things now and just really it gave us the freedom to like trust their path and just whatever they're interested in and wherever their passions are we just go into that and that's just been a wonderful it's like you're constantly looking for the positive things you know constantly looking for their joy and their happiness and so it's just brought so much more happiness to our home. And, you know, we, uh, my husband and I have just really learned to, you know, be respectful, um, about what they're interested in and have learned how much value there is and what they're interested in. And, and we just get to spend a lot more time with them, which has been really nice. You know, I never really thought that I would have like so much time with Gavin again, as since he was a teenager, you know, you kind of think once they're in school, you're kind of separated for them. And I never really anticipated that I would have so much time to spend with him and our and our other children, obviously. But uh, that's just been really nice to have that time together. And the sibling time together is really nice as well. That's awesome. Yeah, that's true. That um, it, it's kind of a surprise, isn't it? When all of a sudden mm-hmm. you get to hang out with them again and yes. get to know them so well and what they're interested in and their 
they just become real whole people, don't they? <laughs> yes, absolutely. And I think you don't realize when you're in school how much you're how much time constraint you have. Mm-hmm. I mean, because it just seems like that's that's the way it is. You know, when kids go to school, they're just gone all day. But it's been so nice having everybody home. So, you know, if I just want to go have lunch, you know, with one of the teenagers or one of the kids that we're free to do that, or we're free to go on a trip or, you know, it's our day is just completely, you know, freed up now to just explore what we want to do. Or, you know, if we want to just sit around in our PJs and watch movies, you know, that's really nice time too to have with each other and just have down days and just been so nice to have the time with them. Yeah, you you start to realize the value of all that time and that it doesn't have to be, um, Mm -hmm. for lack of a better word, productive, right? You don't have to Mm -hmm. be doing, doing something, but that that time itself has value. That's awesome. You mentioned your husband. I was wondering if you could talk a bit about how the transition to unschooling has been going for him. Yeah, it it took, well, it was kind of funny because I talked about like the car ride with Gavin. So it's like when we got home from that car ride, my husband's sitting here in the living room and Gavin's like, hey, dad, I think we're going to homeschool. You know, and so we uh, he's been a great partner in exploring homeschooling with me and, and giving me a lot of things to think about. And it just you know, it took him a while in the beginning to understand unschooling. He had a lot of questions. He didn't really like understand, like, no, we don't have to do school. Like, explain this to me again. And, you know, I think for me, I'm following all these people on Facebook and I'm kind of getting that constant uh, Mm -hmm. reassurance. And he wasn't exactly getting that. But I think mostly he wanted to make sure the kids, you know, had all the opportunities available to them. And so the once he felt confident with that, it was easier for him to move forward. And, And one thing that really helped him to understand it was when Gavin was in middle school, he uh, was a wrestler. And they would you know, at the beginning of the matches, they all stand uh, in order of their weight class. So Gavin is a tall, big kid. So he's kind of on, you know, one extreme end where you have all the real big kids. And then, you know, it just stair steps down, you know, and you have 20 kids who are mm-hmm. in 7th or 8th grade. And you have the few kids on the other side, which are very small, much smaller boys and, you know, could be drastically different in height and weight. And he really started thinking through that, you know, here are these kids that are all the same age, but their their physicality is so different from each other so that they, you know, they wouldn't have Gavin wrestle a kid who weighs half his weight. You know, we don't expect them, their bodies to be able to do the same thing. So he just started thinking about why do we expect kids who are the same age you know, their brains are going to be different. They're going to be ready to learn different things. Why are we just grouping them by age? You know, when they, some kids, you know, do really well in one subject and they could really take off with that, but they need other help in other areas. You know, we're just kind of forcing that. And once he kind of applied it to that, he really just took off with it and really embraced the unschooling being so individual for each child. 
so that they can just totally explore and go into whatever their gifts are and whatever their passions were. So, you know, it took him a little bit in the beginning and it took like we read lots of articles together, really examining, I think, just the whole school model. And once he could kind of see the issues and the problems with the school box, then he was very open to it. And we just continued to read more. And he really just saw the kids blossoming and exploring their passions. And he just is the biggest advocate now for unschooling. He's so happy that we decided to do this. And he loves talking to people about it. And so, yeah, he's he's totally on board now. But it, it did, you know, take a while. And, and it took a lot of reading. And, you know, sometimes we would sit down. And, and even after we first started, you know, when the when our home just looks different because we have kids doing all different kinds of things or maybe playing on their iPad or, you know, playing outside or jumping off the couch, you know, they <laughs> say now like, what are we doing again? <laughs> and uh, <laughs> So it would just be a good time, you know, to just sit down and, and talk through that and talk through what does learning actually look like and what is beneficial to the kids and, and so it just took a little bit, you know, but he, he got there and he's such a big advocate for it now. That is so cool. Uh, I love the the analogy with the uh, wrestlers. That was really interesting. And I can see how that just kind of, you know, gave him an aha moment, you know, to, to mm-hmm. see just that the physicality difference at the same age. It's mm-hmm. a, a great analogy. And so, right, it's so it's so clear, you know, physicality, you can see, you know, yeah. brains and gifts, you can't see, but it's obviously such a part of who a child is, even though you can't see it on the outside. So I think once he could apply that, it was a big game changer for him. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. And so, it, so he, would you like be giving him interesting, like things to read? You said he did some reading, you guys read some stuff together. And then when he had questions, you were kind of answering them for him. Is yeah. that Yep. Yeah, I, I mean, I tried not to be too overwhelming with sending yeah. like every article, because <laughs> especially in the beginning, there's, you know, so when you open up your mind to mm-hmm. the possibility, there's so many articles that I would read and they would just blow my mind. And I'd yeah. like, oh my gosh, I'm just looking at the world in this brand new way. And so I would just send him articles or, you know, even, you know, break out little pieces of that article and later talk about it. I'm like, what did you think about what they talked about in the article about, you know, less recess? Like, what did you think about that? And so we just had some really good conversations and he could see how important it was to me and how passionate I was about it. So I think that helped as well. But yeah, just, you know, it it took patience and just sometimes, you know, sometimes he would be, totally on board. And like I said, there'd be days where he kind of needs some reassurance or just to talk through Mm -hmm. what the, what we were doing. Yeah. Especially since like, as you say, um, when we're the one doing the bulk of the research, we have that engagement, right? We have Mm -hmm. that place to look up, um, answers when we have questions and we have that time too, you Mm -hmm. know, that they don't have. So yeah, I found the same thing that, 
um, when I knew, like, we know our partners, our spouses, you know, as, as individuals. So we, we also, we have an idea of the mindset that they're starting with, right? Mm -hmm. And living with them, we have an idea of what questions or concerns they're kind of grappling with in the moment. And then I would, you know, just like I watch out for my kids' interests and something that I think might be cool for them, it was nice to just notice and send along snippets of information or articles that I thought might um, help connect for him rather than bombarding him with everything I found, right? (laughs) Yes, yes. And I think to start sharing in the learning experiences as the kids, you know, were doing things, you know, I would share a lot of interesting things they were doing during the day. And that he got really excited about that. And just being able to see the kids be engaged in what they were doing and see it working really helped. I I think another thing that, you know, was the advantage for me is I'm meeting with all these other homeschool uh, moms and dads during the day for play dates. So mm-hmm. I get to see other families that I respect and, you know, who are obviously very loving and, and doing a great job with their kids. I get to see them unschooling also. So that's another thing, you know, that like my husband didn't get to see every day. So I think even just talking through some of those things, you know, about what we did on our play dates was really helpful also. Yeah, that's a great point. A great point. Because maybe we can, um, if we can arrange for, I think some groups like will sometimes have gatherings on weekends just so that Mm -hmm. partners and spouses can come. Or I know, um, like I, we went to a conference, an unschooling conference, um, which was the first time my husband, well, actually us too, (laughs) way back then, but, you know, to meet other unschoolers uh, face to face so that they can, they can also see, get the opportunity to see Mm -hmm. other families in action. So that's definitely helpful. We organized a, we had a camping weekend uh, in the fall for Mm. families. So that was a really nice way for um, the spouses to come and meet each other and, you know, see all the kids as playmates that they're talking about all the time. Yeah. So that, that was a, that was a really nice way. And sometimes we have, uh, you know, we make sure that spouses always know that they're invited to any of our play dates anytime. And so if someone happens to have a day off of work or, you know, if they are able to come along, we know we encourage, and they have, like we've had several spouses actually come, to some of our play dates and, you know, we, we want them to know that they're totally welcome, you know, to come and join in and ask questions and that sort of thing. That's awesome. Yeah. So I was wondering if there is a question or challenge that you're working through right now. I would say the biggest challenge that I'm having right now is kind of letting go of the kind of the time clock on Gavin's graduation date. Like I kind of feel this, well, I I would say when we first started uh, unschooling, you know, I really quickly was able to let go of this concept of learning only between certain hours and certain days, you know, like I never felt like that tension during the day of like, oh, we're supposed to be you know, like you said, productive, or we're supposed to be doing something right now. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that 
that transition came really easily. Like that we let go of that time clock of during the day thing really, really fast. Mm -hmm. But I would say for whatever reason, I still have like this um, tension or like I kind of have that internal clock about that Gavin will be graduating, um, not this May, but next May. And so I'm a little bit like he's he's exploring his options about what he wants to do next. And I, I really I feel comfortable with whatever he decides to do, whether he stays home or whether he goes somewhere. But I still have this like internal clock kind of in my head. Mm-hmm running and you did a podcast recently talking about that and uh you know it it challenged me to kind of work on letting that go and I definitely want to let it go it's just something that I'm kind of having to be very uh, aware of and very conscious of and and just kind of relax on that thought that he has to make a decision you know by yeah by what would be his his graduation day Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm working on that. That's that's just something that I have to be a little bit more intentional about. That's the mm-hmm. word I was for. I have to work on that one a little bit. And and I would say the other big challenge has just been like the life practicalities. Like and when I say that, I mean we are having so much fun doing interesting things that it's a little bit hard to balance with just the real world stuff I have to do, you know, like, um, cleaning and laundry and dishes and all that kind of stuff. And I have found it very challenging to try to balance all that stuff. Cause I just have so much fun with the kids. So, you know, when they say, you know, I want to go do this or go do that. I'm like, yeah, let's go to do it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And it's hard to kind of, find that 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 balance of uh how to take care of your home and and yourself and and you know and and all Mm -hmm. of that but you know we're still so new into unschooling that I I think it's just going to take a little time and that's that's one good thing um also about having um some unschooling friends in real life that I can talk to because everyone is dealing with the same exact thing, you know, and it feels, it just helps reassure you, you know, Mm -hmm. when you remember that everyone else is struggling with that too, and everyone else is trying to figure it out. So it's, it's nice to be able to talk about those things and yeah, get reassured. Oh, definitely. I, I remember those. And you know, that, that life thing is, that is an ongoing thing as well, you know, as, we, you know, get older, circumstances change, phases change, you know, sometimes we want to be more out and about, sometimes mm-hmm. we want to be more in. So yeah, that's always something that uh, you're playing with. And the other interesting piece, you know, you're talking about, you know, Gavin's graduation, his, you know, 18, mm-hmm. that um, it's interesting because, you know, even if you've been unschooling for years, that you you come to a point like when your oldest child starts hitting these milestones, it's like, oh, I haven't really thought about that. You find things, things will still come up mm-hmm. over the years, you know. Uh, so that that's something that people may find themselves um, visiting no matter how long they've been unschooling. Mm-hmm. When you hit these kind of significant um, milestones, 
mm-hmm. conven- conventional milestones, right? So mm-hmm. yeah, that's that's really interesting. Right. Totally understandable. Yeah. So I was wondering what's been the hardest part of your unschooling journey so far, do you think? Well, you know, the the de-schooling process was very interesting to me. And and obviously in a, in a lot of ways we're still de-schooling and, and still working through that. And I, I think I you know, Gavin I felt like he was going to require a lot of de-schooling because I felt like emotionally he had gone through the most, you know, school was exhausting for him because, you know, he didn't enjoy it and he wasn't engaged in it. And, you know, the way that his teachers had talked to him and communicated with him, I felt like he was going to require a long time to just hang out and chill and kind of like emotionally recover from that whole experience. But what I found was, I think like literally like the first day he (laughs) he wasn't in school, (laughs) he just took off. Like he just required very little de-schooling. He just jumped off into his, you know, what he was already so interested in. And it was just kind of like, you told that kid, you don't, you're not going to school anymore. And he's like, awesome, you know, and he was just off to the races, just learning a lot. I mean, he did have some, uh, you know, things that we had to kind of talk through and work through, but, but really his de-schooling process was, was much less. And it was really my, my 13 year old, um, who really needed a a long period of de-schooling she had really embraced school. You know, she was good at jumping through all the hoops. She was more like me, you know, much more conventional thinker. And so she was really the one who, you know, I just, I didn't anticipate, I guess I thought of de-schooling more from an emotional standpoint. And she was, she was the one that really, she's really just coming out of kind of an active de-schooling process. So, she just kind of struggled in the beginning with uh, wanting to learn subjects. And, you know, I, to me, I would say, I would think, oh, you're, you'll be so excited. We don't have to do that anymore. But for her, that was kind of confusing. And it just mm-hmm. took a long time for her to kind of understand that whatever she's interested in is as important as any of those school subjects. So it took her a long time to embrace it and to really start to trust herself. And, you know, I think like she loves making slime and I think she didn't hold, you know, a value to that. Like to her, that's just, you know, just something she's doing, you know, it's just a fun thing. Some fun. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And she didn't realize like that's as valuable as anything else. You know, if that's important to you, then that's great. You know, keep working on that. And, and she's had a lot of learning that she's gotten, you know, through things like that, but it just took her a long time to really trust herself. Because I think when you buy into school, you know, someone's constantly telling you, you're supposed to learn this and you're supposed to learn this. And she really just embraced that. And so it took her a really long time to kind of understand that someone, you know, no one, I'm not going to bring her a list of things she's supposed to know. 
you know, the school, you know, she's not in school, so they're not going to give her a list. So, and it's really up to her to figure out what's important to her and what she values. And that just took a really long time. I think it was hard for her too, because, you know, her older brother has such a specific interest and hers are kind of more general, which is, you know, totally age appropriate uh, for her. I kept telling her, you know, you don't have to figure out your life's path, you know, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but that just, you know, that just took a while. And I mean, even just a few months ago, she was, I think, kind of feeling a little confused or wasn't sure, you know, where to put her energy. So we were just you know, having a heart to heart about that and just trying to talk through that. And I just said, what do you really want to do? And the first thing she said was travel. And then she said, but I know I can't do that. And I said, well, why can't you, why can't you travel? Mm -hmm. Like, well, I don't know. Can I travel? And I said, absolutely. And so I just saw this like light, you know, go on in her eyes. And so she started researching different trips and different cities that she would be interested in going to. And, you know, we put her in charge of a budget. And so she's budgeting all these things. And she is just like, I could just see, you know, everything started to click in that moment. You know, I think she was limiting herself and what she thought that she could do. So she started budgeting and looking into to different things. And my sister actually lives in New York City. So she pretty quickly realized that if she could stay with somebody, you know, based on her budgeting, <laughs> yeah. if she could stay in someone's home, it would, you know, make for a much more affordable trip. So she uh, decided that she wanted to go to New York City and stay with my sister. So actually, in just like two or three weeks, she is going to be traveling to New York City and will be staying with my sister for five weeks for a really wow. in-depth trip to New York City. And so she has just been reading books about like the history of New York and she helped book all her flights and she's in charge of her budget. And, and actually she, uh, she wanted to earn some spending money so she's become like a mother's helper for some homeschooling moms in our area. And she's been taking care of kids and, and doing that all on her own. And she's raised all of her spending money. And so it's just been, you know, seeing her just dive into this has just been awesome. But it just took, you know, it took a while to get there. But, you know, now as a 13 year old, she gets to go to New York City for five weeks, you know, during the year and, and get to see what it's like to live there. And, you know, she's we got her a subway map. So she's been studying the subway <laughs> map and, you know, my she'll get to you know, be with someone who lives there and gets to kind of show her the the ins and outs of the city. And so that's just been an amazing opportunity for her. But definitely that that de-schooling process just takes a while. So I would just encourage, you know, anyone who's new into it to just really, you know, embrace the, the de-schooling process just to, I mean, it's your fir really first opportunity to just let go of the control or expectations. And you know, it was kind of nice for us because we started uh, in December. So it was right around Christmas break. And, you know, I've heard a lot of people say that, you know, for de-schooling, just act like you're on Christmas break <laughs> or yeah. summer break or whatever. 
And it was, it was just a nice time to just be together and kind of be all cozy. And, you know, that first day that they came down stairs, um, I like, I really like almost wanted to cry. Like it was just Mm -hmm. so nice knowing that they were home and we could just be together and to just, I don't know that de-schooling. It's like, I look back on, it with such like fond memories actually. Um, it just didn't go like I thought it was going to go, Yeah, (laughs) you know, it just was kind of swapped, I guess. And, but just to embrace it, you know, just go through that process where you're just with each other and there's just no expectations and you're just hanging out together and such a, such a neat, neat thing. Uh, so I would just encourage people to really embrace that time. That's awesome. I loved hearing those stories. And that is such a great observation that um, you found that your daughter who had um, not been having trouble at school, you know, mm-hmm. had had been uh, working within the system pretty comfortably mm-hmm. that she, you know, when you look back at it, it's, oh, okay, that makes sense now mm-hmm. that she would have more work to do than your son who was already rejecting those right. messages. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. But yeah. Cause I, it was exactly the same for me. Like my, my son was oil and water with school. He was not enjoying it. So, mm-hmm. you know, for him, it was like leash off. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> I just remember when I asked my daughter if she wanted to stay home, she, I was shocked that she was the most dumbfounded she was walking around going I don't have to go to school but because she was you know quote doing fine at school so I thought it was just you know la 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 just another day but you're not going but no it was like a a a surprising experience for her so I I thought that was great and I love the story of her um her travel Mm -hmm. right because you and she can see just through the experience how much she's learning and figuring out and know that she gets to do that now that's so awesome (laughs) right and she's already like she has her trips mm -hmm. for like the next I think like four years planned (laughs) she's like she's like (laughs) really we actually we have friends in Ireland so she really uh, would like to go to Ireland. And so she feel, you know, she wants to start now so she can start saving her money and mm-hmm. really planning that all out. So she has like years ahead of her. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just really cool. But like, what's those limits? You know, I, I think that was the thing she because, uh, you know, when she said, well, I'm interested in travel, but I know I can't do that. And I said, well, wait yeah. a second, why can't you do that? You know, but- those are all the messages that we absorb, don't we? Yeah. And yeah, as, exactly. as children that, you know, we're, we're kids, we don't get to mm-hmm. do all that other, you know, adult stuff, but we can look forward to it. Mm, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, when you take those uh, lenses, leashes, filters off, it's amazing. And her, you know, uh, figuring out ways to get some more money to make money for spending mm-hmm. and figuring it all out. And the even the subway map. Good luck with that. Yeah. <laughs> I just follow Lissy when I, I'm like, yeah, I have someone to visit. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, OK, just I'll follow you. <laughs> OK, so last question. I was wondering what has surprised you the most about your journey so far? I think really it's, I mean, a few things come to mind. I, I am surprised at how much we love it 
at how much it's added to our family. You know, it's, it's when you take a unconventional choice like this, you know, it's kind of like just jumping off cliff and you're like, mm-hmm. I really hope we like this and I really <laughs> hope it goes well for us. And <clears throat> it's been really amazing to just let go and see where their interests are. And we've just loved it so much. And that really they've, how quickly they've regained so much of their curiosity and them seeking out information from the world around them. And there's just, I think it's, it's been surprising to see how much learning they totally do on their own. You know, it's like you read it in theory, you know, especially when you're starting out, the kids will learn from the world around them. But it surprised me to actually see them learning totally on their own with, with, you know, no direction or force, no force at all. Mm -hmm. And just to see them doing that has just really, I mean, I knew it was supposed to happen (laughs) to actually see it happen. is like, it's amazing. And like, um, well, I have like two stories I can think of on that. Uh, my daughter, uh, Hattie, who's, six, she, uh, she had told, she went, had gone to kindergarten and she had told me very specifically that she did not like math. Like she wasn't good at math and that was in kindergarten. Like she felt like she wasn't, wasn't Mm -hmm. good at that. And that really kind of, you know, broke my heart. I thought, Oh gosh, how has she already gotten that message that she's not good at something when she's six, but she was playing with those, you know, those little story cubes that kids have. And they can, they have different pictures on them and they can toss them around and make different stories uh, with the pictures. She was, mm-hmm. she was playing with some of those and I just was watching her playing with those and she kind of had them all in a row and she just was looking at them and she just looked at me and she said, do you know that if I take two away from seven that there would be five? And she just looked at me with such like curiosity about that. And it was such <laughs> a beautiful moment for me because, you know, anyone can help a kid memorize, you know, what seven minus two is. I yeah. mean, you do drills on that all day, but to just see her little brain was just working on, on story cubes, you know, to be like, she, you could see that that concept, you know, was entering into her head and. I, I love that it's not memorization, you know, that you can just forget later on, but it's the actual concept of numbers. And I just thought that was so beautiful. And then we were with our, uh, our people that we go to the woods with every week. We went on a hike, uh, the other day and the kids had run up ahead of us and they had come to a sign and these kids were all like six or seven they're all unschoolers. And, they were, they had their uh, fingers, they were feeling the sign and feeling the letters on the sign. And so I came up after them and I said, okay, does anyone know what the sign says? Cause I didn't know who could read and who couldn't read. And none of the kids knew how to read. So they said, oh no, we, what does the sign say? And so I kind of, you know, I put my finger underneath the words and I said, it says no access allowed beyond this point. And one of the kids said, oh, so that means we can't go this way. And I said, yep. And he said, okay. So this whole little 
herd of kids takes off and they go running down another <laughs> uh, another trail and they climb up to the top of this hill and I'm kind of right behind them and to you know they got to a fork in the road and the right hand way so had that sign again and so one of the kids looked at the sign and he said that says no access beyond this point. And it was like just seeing them, you know, how meaningful that was, you know, reading to them was helping them on their hike. Yeah. You know, and no one was forcing them to learn or forcing them to learn how to read, but it just, that was meaningful for them on that day. And they were just picking it up, you know, and reckon, starting to recognize letters and words and, it just made me smile. You know, I thought, Oh my gosh, this is what we're going for, you know? And so it's, you know, even though, like I said, you know, that you hear in theory <laughs> that kids, mm -hmm. learn, it surprised me how, uh, how much they do just every day learn totally on their own with no one forcing them to do it. And I think, uh, I've been surprised too with myself, you know, our paradigm has really shifted to where, you know, we're the, my husband and I are learning with the kids. Like I have learned so much <laughs> this last year. And I, I remember right at the very, very beginning, um, of unschooling, I think we were cooking and, you know, everyone always talks about cooking as a great way to incorporate you know, real life math. And I think we were needing to add some fractions together. And I had like this panic moment of like, Oh my gosh, I don't know how to add these fractions together. And I'm like, my heart's racing. And, mm -hmm. and then it was like, okay, well I can, that's okay. I can learn with them. You know, I don't have to have <laughs> all the answers, but I think that's kind of a school mindset that I still had that you know, whatever, you know, when you graduate from high school or graduate from college, like your learning is now done. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> if you forget, or if you didn't pick something up, then well, you're never going to know it. So it was, yeah, that's that your fault. <laughs> like, okay, that's okay that I don't know how to do that. We're going to sit down together and we'll figure it out together. And just, oh my gosh, with so much stuff, you know, we just, being, you know, the paradigm isn't like I'm up here and the kids are down here and, you know, I know so much and you know so little. It's like, you know, they know a lot more. I mean, Gavin knows a lot more about making movies, you know, than I do. And they they each have things that they're so knowledgeable about. Like uh, Hattie's really interested, my six-year-old, in being, she loves animals and she wants to be a veterinarian. And... Uh, so we'd seen something on TV about doing stitches. They were showing a vet doing stitches um, on an animal. And she said, I would have learned how to do stitches. And so I'm like, hmm, okay. So I just got on Amazon and you can buy little suture kits on Amazon for very cheap. And ah. so we ordered these suture kits, watched some YouTube videos together, and we got bananas. And you actually like make a little slice in the banana and we <laughs> learned how to do suturing together so here's like my six-year-old you know suturing bananas on the, <laughs> on the kitchen counter and you know we're just learning together and it's just it's just surprised me how wonderful it's really been for our family and how much they've learned so oh my goodness <laughs> 
Thank you so much for sharing all those stories, Heather. That is wonderful. And and for taking the time to speak with me today. I so appreciate all the hearing so much about your journey. Thank you so much. Well, thank you for having me. Your your podcast has been a huge support as we've gotten started. And I would just encourage anyone who's who's thinking about it or, or who's new to it to just keep embracing it and keep you know, going with the process and trusting your kids. And it's just a really beautiful path for a family. That's awesome. Thank you so much. And before we go, where's the best place for people to connect with you online? Uh, I'm on Facebook at Learning at the Lake House. And that's where I post uh, a lot about what our family is doing with unschooling and articles and information. And if anyone has questions, like feel free to message me and I can give you more information about what our journey has been like for the last year. And I'd, I'd love to hear from anybody. That's awesome. Thank you so much, Heather. Have a great day. Thank you. Bye. Thanks for listening. I hope you found it helpful. You might also like the backlist episodes at livingjoyfully.ca forward slash podcast. While you're there, be sure to check out the second book in my Living Joyfully with Unschooling series, Free to Live, Create a Thriving Unschooling Home. In it, I dive into the four characteristics that I found helped unschooling flourish in our home. Curiosity, patience, strong relationships, and trust. One reviewer wrote, Really enjoyed this short and sweet book. It has marvelous one-liners, and though I'm not an underliner, I found myself underlining on every page. Another said, I believe it would benefit any homeschooler or parent to read this book as it re-emphasizes the importance of the relationship between a parent and a child in the learning process. I plan to reread this book. It is rich and full of gems. Give yourself some time to absorb it before rushing into unschooling. Until next time, have fun living and learning with your family.